the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Hi, I'm Adam Rossin. I'm a criminal and DUI defense attorney in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and this is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. That was a great episode. I'm really excited. I think that people are really going to get a lot out of it. I loved hearing from Adam. He definitely has that growth mindset. He definitely is not afraid to take action. He talked about a very systematic way, although he eschews systems, he says, very systematic way of growing his firm. I loved how he talked about each month unlocking his new employee and teaching them more and more things to free him up to do more. Yeah. And it's interesting. You talk a lot about money solves a lot of problems and that's why you focus a lot on the marketing part of it. And I do think that that's sort of the approach that Adam has taken when it comes to his firm. Many of the systems issues that he may or may not have had, I bet he's better at systems than what he's letting off. But by focusing on the marketing, he's been able to sort of smooth over some of those issues because because he was making good money. He's making good money and he's, he's doing really well at the marketing. So I really enjoyed it. Frankly, it's not every episode where at the end of it, I'm like, oh, this is great. But like this one at the end of it, I was like, this is a really good episode. And so I, I hope people really get a lot from it because there's a lot of great nuggets in it. The thing I like about Adam, and I think he and I are sort of kindred souls in that we both focus a lot, like you said, on the marketing and the growth. When we were sharing at the mastermind and I had never met him, you know, I was sort of reacting to what he was saying about wanting to grow at all costs. And I realized, and this is really where the power of mastermind comes in. I was getting mad at him, but really I was mad at myself because I say around here all the time, we're going to grow, we're going to grow, we're going to grow, and you guys all figure it out. And that's really not fair. You really have to do it in a way that's scalable and it's not out of whack. Uncontrolled growth, just like uncontrolled optimism, can really take you down the wrong path. I totally agree. Hopefully everyone enjoys this episode. Uh, Enjoy. Run your law firm the right way. way. This is... The Maximum Liar Podcast. Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Tyson, I'm so excited. My daughter has been insisting that I get on TikTok for quite some time. We had a video that went viral on Saturday. We shot it in my front yard. It took me literally seven minutes and it has over 200,000 views. And we've gone from 640 followers to 3000 followers. And so she's really excited because I told her for every thousand followers, I'd give her a hundred bucks. So I'm giving her $300 this week. She's very excited. Pretty awesome. So I, I, 
Is it is it too late for TikTok for me to jump into TikTok? I just I no, started a month. I started early. a month ago. Nice, nice. I mean, I understand that the algorithm is pretty awesome, apparently, compared to Facebook and the other ones. So it's just another platform, I guess. I need to maybe get on. Like, I'm really hesitant because what's the one that's like audio only? Yeah, that's Clubhouse or something. Clubhouse. I feel like it's already kind of burned out. So like, I just I'm, I'm hesitant to jump into a new social media channel. But uh, anyways, you want to introduce our uh, our guest? Yeah, so our guest today is Adam Rawson. Like he said at the top of the show, he's a criminal defense and DUI lawyer, very successful down in Florida and has a growing firm. So I was really excited. We scheduled this call out a couple months and I'm really glad Adam's on the show. So Adam, thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I love your tagline, when bad things happen to good people. You know, and it really is interesting because the people that don't do criminal defense, they don't quite understand. Like sometimes it's just a stupid mistake that someone's made. They're a good person. They made a, a stupid mistake. But let's get to you, though. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so I, I'm born and raised in South Florida. So I've been here pretty much all my life. And um, growing up, I didn't know if I wanted to be a, a doctor or a lawyer. I kind of went back and forth. And um, all it took was one uh, half of a semester of organic chemistry at, at UF for me to say, you know what, this isn't for me. <laughs> so um, I switched majors to criminology. It was pretty easy. I, I enjoyed it. So then I decided to add psychology as well because the two really went well together. And it was things that I, I enjoyed and uh, went to law school down in Miami and uh, started off as a prosecutor for about two years and just decided to leave and start my own firm. Uh, my old partner and I, we, we were roommates. Being a 25, 26-year-old prosecutor in Fort Lauderdale was, was kind of like Grey's Anatomy in a way, but but for law, like we were just partying and hanging out. And we had a really cool group of maybe about 20 young prosecutors and, and public defenders that became instant friends. It was, it was like a big fat house. And then um, we, we left to start our own firm and we were partners from 2008 to 2015. And he wanted to split. And when he split, that's kind of when I was reinvigorated and said, all right, it's, it's all on me. I need to figure this stuff out because we were there for seven years together and we didn't even have a legal assistant or a secretary. It was just the two of us. I was pretty much my own secretary and I was his secretary. So, um, and about 2015 or so is when we started just really, you know, growing. And um, it's been fantastic. We've had some some great growth over the last few years. What spurred that growth? What changed after he left? Well, it, it was, I just went all in. So I was also a high school basketball coach at the time that we were together. Uh, I was a pretty good player myself, and I got into it in law school, and I loved coaching basketball. And uh, two of my former players ended up working for me. So, but once he kind of made that decision, I was like, all right, well, my life raft, my buddy, the guy who can hold my hand, we're in this together, is gone. It's all on me. I kind of felt like my back was against the wall, and I'm like, I just, I can't coach anymore. I have to go all in with this. So I just started consuming content, you know, anything I could find online about how to, you know, market, grow, and build a, a law firm. I think in Jim and, and, and both of us can relate to a partnership splitting up. I know that feeling that you're talking about, that reinvigoration of like, oh, I've got this energy, I can restart almost and, and almost hit a restart button. So take us back to that moment, whenever that happened, that time frame when that happened and really what it was like for you. Yeah, it was, it was I want to say like January 5th or 6th of maybe 2015. And, and he just told me like, look, you know, and we were doing criminal and immigration at the time. And my old partner, he learned it from scratch. So when we started in 08, we just, we had nothing better to do. We had no clients. So he, he learned it. We, we would go, Jim, we, we would hang out at Chrome down in Miami and, and at 333 South Miami. And we'd just go into courtrooms and just sit and watch and take notes. And then, you know, he went to a bunch of ALA conferences and, and learned it. And, you know, and his niche was really the, the removal of the deportation defense. But it was just sitting there going, okay, it's, you know, Adam, it's all on you now. And, and I remember 
distinctly, it was a Saturday morning sitting in, you know, my girlfriend, now wife's apartment down in Miami going, all right, I got to figure this Avo thing out. You know, it was 2015 and I'm like, I'm an 8.1. How do I get to a 10.0? And I remember distinctly being there on that Saturday morning, trying to figure all this stuff out and go through, you know, the corporation and just, you know, build the corporation and do all like the, the stuff over again. And, you know, we always joke about that now, just like sitting on her, on her white couch on a Saturday morning down in Miami, just going through all that stuff and kind of coming up with my own, you know, business plan. It was really exciting. I think I learned that I really like to build. So whether it was being a basketball coach, you know, because I won a state championship. And when I won the state championship, I was actually kind of sad. It was weird. It was, um, you know, I accomplished my goal. And then I was like, okay, well, what's next? You know, like, and that it was really such a weird feeling that came over me that day. Like, wow, we're celebrating. So I think I just really like to build things. You know, I don't know. (laughs) I'm I'm still kind of going through my own like personal, you know, path of self-discovery. So that's awesome. So you said that you were the firm secretary for both you and your partner. And obviously now you've built a much bigger firm. Talk to everyone just so they know about the size of your firm and the scope of it. And then tell everyone about how you sort of started building. I'd be really interested in those first couple (laughs) hires, you know, what you focused on. Absolutely. So right now we have um, our sixth lawyer is joining us in a few weeks. So we're very excited for that. So we're going to have six criminal defense attorneys and we're going to be at about 15 people right now. So it's, it's pretty cool, especially for criminal law. It's usually just that, you know, solo lawyer and a legal assistant. But going back, the way I did it was, you know, I really focused 2015, 2016 on just market, market, marketing, you know, get clients in. Looking back, I wish I did the systems first. <laughs> and I listen to Tyson all the time talk about that. And I'm just like, I'm so bad at that, you know, because it doesn't really excite me. Uh, the marketing excites me and the building excites me. But, you know, I got to a point where I couldn't handle really anything anymore. <laughs> so, I, and I distinctly remember having three trials in five weeks. And when I was a prosecutor, that's nothing. We were in trial every single week. But as a defense attorney, as a private defense attorney, when you have that and you're doing, and they weren't even that complicated trials, but when you're doing everything by yourself in a trial and you have to worry about the phone ringing and everything else, it was hard. So I took that time and I said, all right, I need to hire somebody. So I hired my first legal assistant who was a former not a basketball player of ours, but he was our team manager about 10 years before. So we had a great connection and he was our, you know, he became the first employee of the firm as a legal assistant. And I slowly, you know, he knew nothing about law. So the first month I taught him it seals and expungement. The second month I taught him something else. The third month it was how to schedule depositions, all the things that I was scheduling depositions and doing the paperwork at eight, nine o'clock at night. So, you know, I kind of unlocked him every month. And then after that, I said, you know, before I hire an attorney, I really want to make sure the marketing is good. So I hired a part-time marketing assistant and she helped a lot. And we did a lot of strategic thinking and, and a lot of, you know, just taking action from that. And about six months later, it was like, all right, I'm drowning. It's time. And one of my really good friends who also, I was his basketball coach as well. You know, we had talked for a long time. He was a public defender and then he went to do some civil work and wanted to leave and get back into criminal. So we talked, we set it up and he came on board. I believe it was April of 2017 or 2018. And I remember the third night, I think it was Wednesday morning of that first week. I woke up at 3 a.m. sweating and I go, I just bought a house that I can barely afford. And now a huge chunk is going to go to him. What what did I do? (laughs) Right. 
And later that afternoon, we had a $25,000 case paid in full. And I was like, okay, we're good. You know, all, all is good. It's going to be fine. And of course, now I look back on that and I, the advice I give people is I'm like, look, it's not a marriage. You're not in this forever when you hire somebody and you divide it by 26, you know, the right, if you're on a two week, every two week pay period. So you don't have to look at that big chunk as all up front. And I learned very quickly that freed me up to go out and do more marketing and, you know, do more signups and do more of the things that I was really good at. And then from there, we just, it was just kind of incremental growth. Right before the pandemic, we were at two lawyers, one full-time marketer and three staff. So we were six people. And at that point, I still remember 2020 being pretty scary. Uh, you know, especially the first two months, we were probably averaging about 15 clients a month. And then April, 2020, we had three. And May, 2020, I think we had seven. <laughs> but what we did is um, we converted our two new legal assistants to marketing assistants and we had them just write and do backlinks. And we took on about 15 interns over Zoom that summer and we, we gave them writing assignments. And we got about 50,000 words of content that we put on our site that summer. And that with a few other things just started kind of, you know, and people in South Florida wanting to rage and party <laughs> kind of catapulted us. And by, you know, we, we made, we hired our third lawyer really January of last year of 2021. And in the last 15 months, we've gone from two lawyers to six. So it just, it's kind of taken off. And, and our biggest struggle the last 12 months has been the systems, the management, you know, all those things that uh, when I, I told Jim uh, the bullshit, that, <laughs> as I said, that he called me out on um, at our guild day uh, last year. So that's just kind of what happened. And it's, it's been it's been really hard, but it's been amazing. So that's a good segue because what I wanted to ask you about is during this growth phase, what are some of the biggest hurdles that you faced? And you just kind of mentioned one, but what are some yeah. of the other ones? Yeah, communication. You know, we started EOS, and our EOS coach just kind of wrote out, you know, when there's two people, it's one to one, and then there's three, and you get that little triangle of communication, and then four, and then five, and it just exponentially grows the potential miscommunication. So communication. And systems, you know, right now we still, one of our big things is I call it, you know, we're, we're going to like, like Lord of the Rings, one ring to rule them all. We're going to have one system to rule them all. Not legal assistant A does it her way and B does it their way and C takes a combination, but found this shortcut. So we're really trying to just have one system for everything that we do. And that's definitely been a challenge, but you know, it's exciting because the alternative is that I would you know, be back where I was doing everything which I don't want to do anymore. I want to be here talking to you guys. I love, love, love the creation of 50,000 words with Zoom interns. I mean, that's massive action. That's I'm not going to sit on my pity pot and feel sorry for myself because of this goddamn COVID. This is taking action. And, you know, you said early on that, you know, you mistakenly went to marketing first and foremost, because that's what you love. I don't think that was a mistake at all. I think that probably saved you. And, and now it's fueling this growth that you're seeing is that you doubled down on the marketing. You didn't just back off and say, oh, what was me? No one's committing any crimes. Our firm is screwed. You went and said, there's people out there still committing crimes or being accused of crimes. We're going to go find them and let them find us. Right. Yeah. And what I've learned just from, you know, being I'm turning 41 next week, right? So I've been around for a little bit, but when I say when other people zig, you zag, you know, and the opposite. So everybody put their head in their sand. Everybody in South Florida, whether it was criminal or other types of law, were, you know, cutting pay, laying people off. And I said, you know, we had three of our six employees hadn't even been with us 90 days. And I said, no way. What kind of leadership is that? And we'll just 
you know, switch people's position. And even though they didn't sign up to be content writers, right, for two, three months, they can do that. And then we just had a flood of interns come in and, you know, people that lost in-person internships. And I kind of thought, I didn't originally think of it as we're going to get all this content from them. I originally thought of it as it's kind of our moral duty to provide a great experience for people who lost a great experience. And then within a week or two, you know, I started thinking about it. And I go, oh, I can leverage them too. Let's go. <laughs> so we, we did. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. So as anyone that's done criminal defense knows, um, cash can be a problem, right? It could be a, a massive problem. And it sounds like you've done a really good job managing cash. So I just wonder what advice you might be able to um, give people that are running a criminal defense firm to manage their cash. Because there's two things that eat cash. One, uh, or the major thing is growth, right? That eats a lot of cash. In criminal defense, it can be really tough because it can be inconsistent when it comes to cash flow. So what advice do you have for criminal defense lawyers when it comes to managing their cash flow? Well, I've always been pretty conservative with just saving cash. So even um, you know during COVID, I'll go back to that. I wasn't freaking out because I had a lot of money saved in the business. And I said to myself, I'm like, okay, if I make a little less, I know what I need to live it's fine. It's not really about me. It's about the firm, you know, and continuing to build and grow. So number one, I would just say, don't spend all the money that you come in. You know, most people, right. As, as they're what I always like to say, as their top line increases, their bottom line increases too. You know, that's, that's not the right way to do it. I think a lot of it though has to do with the marketing to a specific client. So we've found that we do not do well with the typical jailhouse client. I'd say less than 5%, easily less than 5% of our clients are currently in jail. So that's why we have our motto, when, when bad things happen to good people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I screw it up. Yeah, when bad things happen to good people, right? So, you know, and, and it's about attracting and repelling, you know, just classic, classic direct response marketing or just marketing in general. So um, we've put some barriers up recently to the clients that we've just found we don't do well with to really protect our time. And that's really helped. So like violations of probation, we have a, a consultation fee because they're in custody and all they want to do is get out. And it's not about what the total fee is. It's about well, how much can I pay now? And then we're chasing money. On the flip side, though, I am personally a big believer. in if you come to me and you say, I want you guys, I need you guys. Can you work out a payment plan? I will do it. And I'll try to make it as reasonable as I can for those type of clients. But the clients that come in and say, well, you know, so-and-so will do it for $300 cheaper or $1,000 cheaper. You know, we're not a commodity. So we, we try, you know, we, that doesn't work with us. So really, I think it starts with the marketing. You know, you really have to market to the type of client that you want. And it can be hard with criminal defense because you can say anybody, you know, but not really. We, we really love our first time and second time people. We love clients that, you know, have substance abuse or mental health issues. We love our nurses and our teachers, you know, just blue collar workers, though, that have a lot to lose. And even though they're not wealthy, they will pay 2500 more to have us because, you know, than the other person they met with because they care that much about their teaching certificate or their nursing license or, or whatever it is. So I think those things have really been a key. I mean, we're not perfect. You know, we still, I think one of my next hires might need to be a full-time like billing department person at some point, you know, I know, uh, you know, Umansky is a lot bigger than me and he has somebody on staff that does that, you know, you know billing slash accounting. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, that's some of the advice I'd give is really, it all starts with attracting who you want and repelling who you don't. Have you ever felt overwhelmed with everything there is to do within your legal practice? 
How do you keep up with your legal work while making time for growing your practice and attracting clients? Do important things like deadlines and even your family fall through the cracks? This is why you should join us at the number one conference for legal entrepreneurs, Max LawCon. We're going to be focused on helping practices scale and bringing calm to the order. This conference is curated in order to accelerate your implementation. Based on where you are in your legal practice, we're going to help you identify exactly what is most important right now. When you leave Max LawCon, you go home with complete clarity, focus, and a plan to make 2022 your best year ever. And not only your best year in terms of revenue, but your best year in terms of time. Time back with your family. More time to do the work that is in your zone of genius. Only taking the clients that you like and more money in your pocket. It's all at the Maximum Lawyer Conference. Max LawCon is a two-day event on Thursday, June 2nd and Friday, June 3rd in St. Charles, Missouri. Seats are filling fast. Grab yours today at www.maxlawcon2022.com. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today is Adam Rawson. He's a successful criminal defense and DUI attorney down in South Florida. Adam, You've raised some really great marketing concepts on today's show. I'm just wondering, where did you get your background in marketing and what have you studied or learned over time? Yeah, I, um, so in 2015, I just kind of consumed everything, <laughs> everything I could. I forget when you guys started, but whenever you guys started, I, I found your podcast. I found a lot of the Ben Glass stuff. I'm still a member in, in Ben's group. And, I, and I, I, I know, Jim, I think you were in it years ago. So a lot of it was from him. A lot of it just other people, you know, I did, that led me to some Dan Kennedy stuff. And you know, just really, I was just in 2015 and 2016, I feel like I consumed so much marketing content, but didn't really act on it until I could get that part-time marketing person. And now I'm, you know, it's a lot more about, okay, you know, stop consuming and start acting. But really that first year or two is just consume anything I can get my hands on and just car rides, you know, going back and forth from court, listening to everything. Didn't have kids, you know, then, so it was easy to at night. And my wife, you know, then girlfriend didn't live with me. She lived in Miami. So she was in law school herself. So it was just, I had a ton of time. All right, Adam, I have not asked this question in several months, so I've reserved it for you. What is that thing, that one thing that you struggle with the most when it comes to running your firm? Well, I struggle with a lot. I'd say, well, now we're running EOS and my biggest struggle is getting me out of all of the other seats. So I can just be the visionary. Um, that's definitely my biggest struggle. I'm too involved in intake, but I'm really good at it. And I like it. I'm too involved in the finance, but I've already committed to letting a lot of that go. I've already committed to letting a lot of the management go to our integrator. And, and actually he's the managing partner now of the firm. So one of our one-year goals, we just had our annual, one of our one-year goals for the rest of this year is to get me out of every other seat except for, you know, not intake manager, but I can still do intakes, be an intake attorney, and then visionary. And hopefully we're, you know, about nine months away from that. So along those lines, you're going to be speaking at MaxLawCon 2022. And we all agreed that you had the best title for your talk. And I'm going to just read it for everybody. You're just a highly paid bookkeeper. How I got my ass kicked at the Max Law Guild Day and what I've done about it. Do you want to give everyone a little teaser about what you're going to talk about? Yeah, sure. So we had our, our Guild Day last October. And Jim, you know, you were, you were our, whatever you want to call it, leader, moderator, Zen master. 
And uh, by the way, we had two grown men bawling in tears. We won't talk about who they were, but uh, um, probably a few more that, that wanted to. <laughs> um, it, it, was, it, it was like a surreal experience. But um, I walked in there and I was just, you know, we had about 12 employees and I'm like, okay, I want to get to 20 employees. I need that next level of growth. And I just kind of came in, you know, like bat out of hell. And then I was just bitching and complaining about all the other things I have to do, like writing checks and dealing with bookkeeping. And then everybody just stopped and piled on me and, and I can take it. I mean, you know, I loved it. I was like, okay. You know, everybody's like, you're dude, you don't have a bookkeeper and you're talking about growing to 20 employees. You don't have an office manager and you're talking about going to 20 employees. Like what's wrong with you? You're the bookkeeper, you're the office manager. And that's why you can't do all the things you want to do. Cause you're writing the damn check, you know, and you're worried about all this little things. So like, Adam, you got to stop. And it was great. I mean, I was sitting there, I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. Like, you know, and, and the way I look at it is but the problem I have is a bookkeeper and an office manager, they're not generating revenue, right? You know, like we need a new legal assistant. Well, they're helping move cases. A new lawyer will help move cases, maybe bring some in, whatever. But I was just like, you know, it was just mindset. Right. And I think maybe we had 12 people in our group and, and I was counting, I think 10 of the 12, the issue boiled down to mindset, not tactics or, or any strategy or anything else. The problem was all mindset. And then so I told Jim, you're right, you know, or, or Jim, I don't know if you told me or I told you, but I was, we were like, we, we agreed that the rest of the conference, every time you saw me, you were just going to say, did you hire your bookkeeper yet? Did you hire your bookkeeper yet? You know, um, and even I think on stage, you called me out. So I, I loved it, <laughs> you know, and, and a few people from the group have, have texted me occasionally since then. Did you hire your bookkeeper? What are you doing? And then I went home and, you know, immediately was like, all right. I have to start acting. So we, we have now, Jim, we have the same bookkeeper. We've hired Leslie. She's amazing. She's fixing all of our problems, at least related to bookkeeping. And she said, I'm not as bad as you were. So <laughs> That's right. Uh, you probably couldn't be. <laughs> right, right. She said, she goes, you're not as bad as Jim. Jim was worse. I was like, okay, that makes me feel a little better. But yeah, I just, you know, and I really, I, I picked that because I wanted to talk to people wherever you're at in growth or size, whether you want to grow or not, you know, a lot of it is just taking action. And sometimes you need somebody to call you on your bullshit, you know, from a place of love, but it doesn't have to be that nice either. It can be, you know, tough, right? And um, I actually do, I think I've always done pretty well with tough, honest coaching. So I I wanted to, you know, I picked that because I wanted to give that back to people. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that can relate in some form or another. Excellent stuff. I think that's part of that's probably the coach inside of you too. So that's, uh, that's really, yeah. really good. I think it's a good place to end it right there. Uh, we're going to wrap things up before I do. I want to remind everyone to join us in the big Facebook group. A lot of great activity going on there. If you want a more high level conversation, join us in the guild, go to maxlawguild.com. Remember to get your tickets to MaxLawCon 2022, MaxLawCon 2022.com, June 2nd and 3rd in St. Charles, Missouri, which is right next to St. Louis. And then if you don't mind, while you're listening to the rest of this episode, give us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. Jimmy, what is your hack of the week? My hack of the week is to make yourself binge worthy. Make yourself binge worthy. What do I mean by that? Well, with content right now, if you haven't been paying attention, watch what happens when your next Netflix shows ends. It feeds right into the next show. On Spotify, when your playlist ends, they're feeding you more music. They want to keep you on the platform. And the reason for that is they want you to binge the content, whatever it is. And so the reason we need to be creating content on a regular basis isn't just for the sake of creating content. It's so that when someone is hot and bothered, they're thinking about hiring a criminal defense lawyer, 
They've gotten into trouble down in South Florida and they're thinking about hiring Adam. They want to consume as much Adam content as they can. And that's going to make them feel better about their decision. And it's definitely the way to go. So make yourself binge worthy. I love that. And who does it terribly is Hulu. Hulu wants to push you onto another show. It's the dumbest, dumbest thing. Netflix has it perfectly done. I agree with that. Adam, you are up next. What is your tip or hack of the week? Yes, I I thought about this a lot. And coming back with my theme of just taking action, there's a a saying, I forget who says it, and I don't want to butcher it either, but it's action without vision is a nightmare and vision without action is nothing but a daydream. So you need to have the vision, right? The plan, the strategy, and then you have to have the second component of just to act on it, to start doing things. Because I think a lot of us, or at least I used to be the one getting just caught up in the daydreams and the planning so much and you know having something be perfect. And you just have to go, just start doing something because that's been one of the biggest keys to our growth is just acting. And a lot of the things that we even did at the beginning of the pandemic did not work, right? I talk, Today I told you about the things that did work, but we did so many other things that didn't work, but we were trying anything and everything we could. That is excellent advice. My tip of the week is Speechify. It's an app, and I don't know if it works on the desktop or not. I'm, I'm using the free version. Uh, there's a paid version, but when you're on Safari, whenever I'm on my phone, if I, there's an article, if I'm driving, I can just hit play. There's a little play button that hovers in Safari and I should play and it'll actually read the article to me as I'm driving. It's really cool. So you can get the paid version. I think it works with apps and everything else, but Speechify, I highly recommend it. It's easy to use, easy to install and everything else. Adam, great episode. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Thanks for having me. I feel like I finally made the big time, guys. (laughs) I'm so excited. You made it. You made it. I'm here. I'm here. I'll see everybody in St. Charles. See you, brother. See you guys. See you, bud. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.